G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We will all be off to the polls on Saturday. Millions of Australians are not looking for more cash to be splashed around by political leaders, but many are looking for some truth. Let's get a handle on Christian schools and what this election means, the hundreds of thousands of Australian voters who send their children to faith-based schools are hungry for truth. Mark Spencer, Director of Public Policy at Christian Schools Australia, is joining us. Hello, Mark. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's great to be back with you. Mark, you're saying truth is important, uh, not so much money for dog parks. How do you describe the sorts of things you think that Christian parents who are sending their kids to Christian schools are thinking? Yeah, exactly, Neil. I've been talking to a lot of uh, people of faith, people who are involved in our schools. Uh, we've just uh, come off uh, a conference in, in Canberra with 300 school leaders all together and and no one's asked me about, uh, I hope we get some more money for dog parks. What they want is to, to know what what the political party is going to do, what their actual plan is to to progress uh, protections for religious freedom you know, and to progress uh, a way of actually addressing the, the fears that have been created amongst uh, LGBT students in, in faith-based schools um, in order to actually ensure that everyone's needs can be met. Mark, there's plain speaking and there's a whole lot of political double speak. Is there a lack of plain speaking, do you think, from both the major parties? Plain, lack of plain speaking by, from the major parties and, and really a lot of double speaking from some the activists who you know, were successful in blocking the religious discrimination bill back in February. You know, the activists and their allies who claim to be protecting uh, you know, gay students in, in faith-based schools, they, they did so in a manner that was, uh, was never going to actually provide a solution for those students. It was never going to provide a, a way to, to deal with the uh, and, uh, out-of-date drafting of the Sex Discrimination Act that was going to provide a solution for that. They were never about providing a solution. They were only ever been about you know, blocking uh, other protections. So with you know with with that in mind, what we're looking for you know, the political pays for the MPs for the the supposed leaders of our countries to to come up with is is a clear plan and put on the on the table. What are you going to do? How are you going to resolve these problems? It's been around for for four years. You know we can have these issues resolved by Christmas. Uh, you know on on our thinking. Well, we're getting very close now, and the importance of this election because the next parliament. Uh, will determine essential issues of freedom and equality. That's what's at stake uh, if there isn't that plain speaking from our leaders. Absolutely. This is going to be an issue decided by the next parliament. The last parliament completely failed. It failed people of faith to give them long overdue protections. It failed those students who you know, have had these fears confected and, and you know, rammed down their throats for four years by activists. 
and uh, understandably believing the claims that have been made because they just have been repeated so often despite the, the fact that they're not true. Now, we want to make sure that things can be addressed and can be addressed quickly in the next parliament. Mark, schools, illustrate for us just how significantly important it is to maintain freedom and as you say, this is such an important election. The next parliament will make or break freedoms, but schools are right there in the firing line. They are, and we've seen in Victoria the, the problems can happen when, when state governments uh, you know, go off the reservation and, and don't meet the commitments we've made in our international covenants and conventions and treaties we're party to, and really put uh, put provisions in place that the many academics, many many uh, legal scholars say is actually inconsistent with the protection we're bound to follow and bound to provide on international law for religious freedom and for parents to ensure they can have an education for their children that reflects their values and beliefs. Now, if there are militant people in lobby groups, uh, activists who are working to try and take those freedoms away from Christian schools. Uh, is it just an us-against-them battle? Are there some international issues in play here that might protect basic human rights? There are uh, protections in, in place in international law, and there's a way of resolving these issues in international law. And, uh, and I would be very happy, and what we're trying to do is make sure they reflected in domestic law. So we all have a mechanism under Australian law to resolve these issues now without undue uh, uh, resorting to, to legal battles because that's in no one's best interests. That provides some clarity for everyone and provides some certainty for people, for people of faith who you know, really should have been given these protections decades ago. Undoubtedly, long overdue protections. undoubtedly, you're talking to both sides, the major parties. Are you getting a good reception? Uh, we're getting uh, well received, we're being listened to, but uh, the major parties are, are really not coming. They're making grand statements. Uh, we've had both leaders um, indicate they, they're committed to religious freedom. But that commitment isn't, isn't really enough. We want to see their plans. We want to see how they're going to provide it. We saw last uh, Parliament that you can go into, uh, you know, after an election, you can go in with a, you know, a proposal to commit to and pass legislation, but you need to have a plan to actually make it get through Parliament. And that's what we're trying to, to find from the major parties. How are they going to put this legislation into Parliament, get it uh, through Parliament, and get these protections in place for people. What are you proposing, Mark? Because you've got a three-step process that's been delivered to the major parties. How does that look? How does that work? It's, it's a three-step process, and it's, it's not going to be necessarily perfect. And, and you know, we're, we're always open to, to these, these uh, plans being, being amended. But, but what it would simply do is, is say, when we're calling on the, on the parties to commit to is, to pass the latest discrimination bill as it was actually passed in the House in February. You know, if it was good enough to pass then, it should be good enough to pass by the next Parliament. And you know, we know that there's some amendments that some people would like to that, uh, that legislation, and there is a process of review within that bill. So in two years' time, it would be subject to a review. That's the time to, to make those amendments to, and make those improvements. And at the same time as that's introduced and, and passed, 
to immediately start restart the, the process of the Law Reform Commission review, look at the exemptions that are you know, troubling some people around uh, students in, in schools, to look at those exemptions and provide those recommendations, and we think that should be able to be done within a three-month period, have those, those recommendations for amendments back in the Parliament and pass by Christmas. You know, it, it's not beyond the will of Parliament to actually make that happen and have this resolved before Christmas if they want to. What about parents in all of this? No doubt there are a lot of parents listening to our conversation today. They're sending their children to a Christian school. They want the best outcomes possible. They don't want uh, all of those sorts of things that could go wrong to go wrong. Uh, what are your adv- what's, what's your advice to parents as they're thinking about polling day, as they're thinking about what might come beyond the election? And, and the thing with, with parents is, is whether you do it before polling day or whether you do it you know, once we know who your, your new federal member will be, make sure you contact them and, and express your concerns. Um, politicians will respond to people expressing concerns. It's, it's simply a, a matter of uh, making sure our voice is being heard and that they know that this is an issue of concern to us. This is an issue we want Parliament to resolve and it's an issue we want them to take action on. And looking deeper than the sometimes shallow political advertising in the lead-up to the election, what are your thoughts about the way the campaign has been unfolding and coming back to speaking plainly to the people because somehow or other that's eluding us? It, it does seem to be eluding us. And, and frankly, when you look at the when you think about uh, the notion of you know, our federal government uh, providing money to, to, to dog parks, um, that, that seems to be more the business of, of local governments. Uh, and, and, and that's reflective of this political process. Um, you know, it seems to be coming an auction for votes. And we need to think you know, as a nation about things more deeply. We need to look at you know, what is the role of federal government. We've made these commitments under the international law. It's up to the federal government to make sure we honour those commitments. Um, to look at things that really are in the, the, the bailiwick of the federal government and make sure we, we hold them accountable for those deep fundamental freedoms. Uh, just one more very important insight from you, Mark Spencer, uh, Christian Schools Australia. Uh, listeners will be thinking if the outcome goes one way, there may be some protections. If the outcome goes another way, those protections could actually uh, be evaporated very quickly and Christian schools could be under pressure and even lose uh, the rights to employ staff and uh, have the sort of policies that you want to have in place to maintain a Christian ethos. What are your thoughts here uh, about getting it wrong? We serve a God that's greater than any uh, political party. So we're, we're always hopeful, we're always optimistic, and we're always prayerful about these things as well. And you know, there are people of, of faith, people of, of good conscience uh, in both parties. Uh, we, we don't think the, the result of the election, depending on which, whichever way it goes, will necessarily mean uh, a poor outcome or that these uh, you know, protections won't be uh, put in place. Certainly within both parties, there are, there are different uh, factions, as we've seen through the last parliament, and people who have different views around this. Um, but really, the, the two major parties, we can work with either. We can make sure that we, we get the protections we need um, if they're going to actually speak plainly, as you say, and, and have been calling for. Well, the election is on the way and the issues are very important. Mark Spencer is Director of Public Policy at Christian Schools Australia. 
Let me point listeners to the Christian Schools Australia website, csa.edu.au. That's csa.edu.au. Mark Spencer, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 